Welcome to the realm of heroes and monsters. Story time with your host, A.P. Fuchs. Stories of intrigue, stories of horror, stories of superheroics, stories of monsters. Get ready, the thrill ride begins. Alright, and welcome back to another edition of the Realm of Heroes and Monsters Storytime with your host, me, A.P. Fuchs. So, for this pre-show part before we get into storytime, I thought for this edition we should do a combination of the pop culture talk with the creative talks. We're going to mix it together because I'm going to pose to you a question and I hope that you respond in the comments and whatnot with your thoughts because what I'm about to present, um, I do not have a 100%, we're talking like 100% concrete, factual um, answer. I don't, okay? But I have an opinion and we'll get into that as we pose the question. And here's the question. What is a superhero? What is it? What are they? Right? And now, and it comes down to the word superhero. So this is sort of a semantically based um, study slash discussion. Okay, superhero. So the world over, right? Everybody knows who Superman is. Like virtually everybody, right? And we would all agree that Superman is a superhero for sure, most definitely, right? And then, of course, then we also would, at least most people would agree that Batman is also a superhero. Okay. We have two very different characters, not just in terms of their personalities and their approach to bringing good about the world, but we're talking about we have one who's super-powered and we have one who's a man. And now, this is where it becomes interesting. So let's look at the word superhero, right? Superhero. So we would agree, everybody would, that Superman and Batman together, we would agree for sure that they fulfill the hero part of that word. They have both done heroic things, they've helped people, they've you know, stopped criminals, etc., etc. Right? So they've both done the heroic feats part. So they're both heroes. So we could definitely have that aspect done. Okay. But now, but what about the super part? What makes a superhero super? Well, the common or we can call a default answer is well they you know they have to have powers they wear a costume as a symbol or some sort of way to stand out or to be recognized by the criminal element or whatever they're used to their costumes for armor etc right okay so we could say okay well a superhero you know should have a costume that's not always the case. I mean, like, look at movies that are like a wonderful movie, like Unbreakable with Bruce Willis, right? That's a superhero movie, but there was no costume. I mean, one could argue at the end he was kind of wearing a sort of kind of super suit in a way, but at the same time, it was very like, um, he pulled it out of the closet kind of idea. Like, so, um, so, but, but that was a superhero movie. But what made it super was Bruce was super and um m night shalom i can't even pronounce his last name shalomanon shimimimimon <laughs> he could like he said that actually the unbreakable series was actually meant to be a trilogy where unbreakable the first part um 
was, I mean, yeah, they made um, sequels after the fact, but originally, like way back, the original concept was uh, Bruce Willis's character, Unbreakable, the first movie, was meant to be the origin story. The second movie was meant to be the actual superhero versus supervillain uh, part of it. And then the third, of course, would just, you know, wrap that whole thing up. But anyway, let's get back to on hand. So Superman, definitely a superhero. Batman, hero for sure. But he's not super. He has no powers. He's, you know, at best, he's super in the context of uh, being a super athlete, right? Batman's extra in shape. He, you know, he's a very, very disciplined and well-trained martial artist, which requires a lot of physical strength. You know, he's very agile, he's acrobatic, he's, you know, has remarkable shoulder strength to be able to swing around on those ropes of his. Um, but ultimately, in the end, he's still just a man, right? But he's a man who made himself super, you know, compared to your average Joe. So, you know, where's the line, right? I mean, even on a pre-date Batman, um, we can go back to, well, no, he had powers. The Shadow had powers in a way, too. Um, aha, The Phantom, right, by Lee Falk. That predates um, a lot of things. And The Phantom had a costume, but he was a man. But yet, today, we would argue um, that he was a superhero. But at the same time, he wasn't. He was purely a man, like 100% man. He wore a costume and he did good deeds and of course he was you know trained up a bit but he wasn't trained nearly to the extent uh, Batman is trained and you know he created a legend around himself you know the ghost who walks that he never dies which you know was built off of generational uh, passing down the torch of the Phantom through the centuries but like yeah I mean I'm of the opinion um, so this is the opinion part where I can give my answer and it's simply this, Superman for sure, yes, superhero, guaranteed, right? Um, but Batman, I'll be honest, by the strictly the semantic angle of it, Batman is not a superhero. He's a hero, and he's a super space man, right? Because he's got en like enhanced athletic abilities and, and skills and all that stuff. So he's, you know, again more in shape and more athletic than your average Joe. But, yeah, I would say that Superman for sure is a superhero, but Batman is a hero. And I know I'm going to make a lot of Batman fans upset by saying that, but at the same time, I'm, again, I'm just looking purely at the word superhero and what that means. And, um, yeah, I think in the end, you know, the, the superpowers aspect needs to be there in order for the superhero to be a super hero otherwise they're just a hero and um and that's fine too i mean it's 100 percent cool to be just a hero i mean we this world needs heroes we do we desperately need, especially in this day and age with all the garbage going on especially stuff overseas i mean come on we need people and we do have men and women out there in uniform fighting for us and are being very valiant and, and very heroic and, and being brave. And I'm, I commend them and I'm really happy that we have men and women in this world who are willing to uh, step out into very, very extremely dangerous situations um, and somehow suppress that fear and go forward and try to make things right in different areas. And, and that's 
commendable all the way from our armed forces straight through you know to to the police even to the paramedics down you know and down the line even to then your average person who puts change in the homeless person's uh, you know change cup or hat or whatever you know I mean that's doing heroic things that's good but um, yeah for the, for our little talk uh, on what is a superhero I think superpowers need to be a part of that character in order for that super part of the label to be fulfilled um, but otherwise you're just a hero but again that's just my opinion so yeah, sound off in the comments. Tell me what, what do you think? What is what constitutes a superhero in your eyes? You know, when you when you really stop and think and break it down. So tell me, let me know, keep me posted. In the meantime, let's head into story time now, and we are gonna get some entertainment going in three, two, one. Episode 28, Tub Words, 14 books. The first four were duds. It was Death Trap 9000 that did it and skyrocketed Array 48 to stardom. Every book written after that was an automatic hit, even if sometimes the books themselves are so-so. Name power was everything. And those first four duds? Those got a nice boost once Death Trap 9000 captivated sci-fi audiences everywhere and launched a series of sequels and side adventures. The star of the series wasn't an alien, nor some lone tough guy captain who traversed planet to planet, scored alien babes, and stopped intergalactic wars. It was the ship, a tiny one-man vessel called the Star Arrow that resonated with readers. It was fully armored, could cloak, and was nigh-invincible. It traveled through space and also functioned as an all-terrain vehicle when zipping around a planet's surface or exploring its oceans or sailing through its skies. But that was in the books. Here on planet Earth, the star arrow was Ray's bathtub. He didn't write at a desk. Couldn't. It was those first four flops that were written while sitting at a wooden desk in his den, him punching one key after another on his laptop. Writing those first four books had been work, a lot of work. It was hard to get the flow going and get in the zone. But one day, while soaking in the tub, the death trap idea came, and he couldn't help but get going on it right away. Instead of getting out and drying off, dressing, and then writing, he hopped out of the tub, grabbed his laptop, then got back into the water and sat with his knees up, laptop balanced on them, and began to type. The story flowed like beer from a barrel. The passage of time vanished, and it was only when the water got cold that he realized he'd been at it for a couple of hours already. Later, once out of the tub and dried off, Ray read what he'd written and couldn't believe the same guy who wrote four crappy books had written something so exciting. He tried picking up the story sitting at his desk, and each tap of the keyboard was like plunking a finger down on heavy, sticking piano keys. Curiosity got the better of him. He brought the laptop to the tub and, sure enough, settled and comfortable in the hot tub water, the tub around him became the star arrow and the story poured out. The rest, as they say, was history. Every installment since was tub-ridden. In the tub, Ray lived the adventures as firsthand as he could. Today, the water was hot. The laptop was hot too. 
and the story sizzled. He was almost done. He adjusted the computer on his lap and flipped the cord onto the other side of the shampoo bottle on the tub's rim. He learned about eight books back that the battery on this thing had a short life, a few hours, so keeping the thing plugged in was the only way to get things done. Ray wrote, The Star Arrow had just delivered a bomb to Arantes core, the planet's center functioning as a power source for the whole place. Arantes had been taken over by the Hawks, and the planet had been overrun. Some of Arantes' residents had escaped, enough of them to repopulate their race elsewhere, but if Halox got off planet, they'd do the same to another world. They had to be destroyed. The bomb was in place, and the star arrow raced out of the long tunnel from the core to get out of harm's way. Ray leaned forward, and the laptop rocked. He caught it just in time before it tipped over into the water. The ship still had several thousand miles to go, but the star arrow's engines would get to the surface in no time. Ray had an idea. The bomb would prematurely go off. He set the narrative in motion. The core erupted. The explosion set earthquakes throughout the planet. Fire engulfed the star arrow's path. Go, 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 Ray said. The ship had to hurry. Another earthquake. Ray rocked in the tub from the impact. The laptop rocked too. Tipped. He caught it, set it on his lap. The star arrow burst through the hole in the ground and headed straight for the sky. In a few seconds, it'd be in the atmosphere. Fire rapidly swarmed over the planet. The halaks shrieked and squealed as they burned. Almost there, almost out. The star arrow broke the atmosphere and flew into space. The planet blew up. Yes! Ray shot his hands into the air. Victory! The laptop hit the water. In seconds, a violent shock ripped through the tub and penetrated Ray's bones and muscles. He couldn't move and fell over, his face going under its depth. Convulsing and shaking, he rode the shockwave of the Arantes explosion. As his heart cut out, at least he knew the Hawaks were destroyed. Thank you for sticking around to the end of the episode, the after credits. This one, I, I want to dedicate this little uh, last minute or two to um, to what I was speaking about earlier, about our um, armed forces and our law enforcement and those those folks. It doesn't matter what country, pick your country. You know, as long as we got men and women out there who are peaceably going about trying to make the wrong right, um, I just want to 
thank you personally uh, for doing that. I thank you so much for being a soldier. Thank you so much for being a police officer. Thank you so much for being a, a first responder. Thank you for going out there in your gear and putting out wild, crazy house fires. Thank you so much for you know, answering the ambulance call and going to a person's house who may or may not have been in severe distress. They might have called out of panic, who knows. But the point is that you went and that you tried to attend. And thank you to just you and people, just average people like you and me who go out of their way, you know, on a, hopefully on a daily basis, just to, to do something nice for somebody, to do something for somebody, to hold the door open for them, or to, again, give the person in need some change or, you know, provide a bus ticket to a kid who forgot his at home. Like, just things like that. Thank you to all those who go out there and try and make a difference. I appreciate it. I know the world appreciates it. And, and if you're not doing that already, um, as you're listening to this, I kindly ask that you, you know, you look to these people who are doing it as inspiration and start doing that in your own life so that you, you too can help make the world a better place. Because right now, in the year 2024, we have a lot of problems and we need people to step up and start making those things right. So anyway, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. See you next episode.